on recovery from life situations. Be it a disease, chronic or acute, perhaps the loss of someone so dear to you in death, or a change of life patterns that has affected you so profoundly that you have no choice but to find your new normal and become focused on moving forward. Each episode is designed to show the positivity that people bring to each and every one of their stories, the successes they've had, ways that they have become so definitively focused on moving forward. We look forward to sharing their stories, and we hope that they inspire you just as much as they have inspired us. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Focus on Forward, the Friday Night Live edition. I'm really excited tonight because I have a gentleman here uh, who's in the virtual green room, and we'll bring him out in a minute uh, by the name of Sean Dustin. And uh, Sean and I have gotten to know each other over the the last year or so uh, throughout the pandemic and uh, being fellow podcasters. And, and uh, our shows have a very similar uh, line of thought and and what we kind of talk about and some of those things. Uh, in fact, Sean and I were both up for an award uh, for the best mental health podcast. And uh, I am happy to say that Sean beat me out. Uh, so he's a he's a really cool dude, and uh, he's got a great show. And we're going to talk about that here in just a moment. But before we bring Sean out and we talk about his podcast and his journey in life to podcasting, let's listen to a video from our sponsor, Vital Signs and Graphics. Since 1982, Vital Signs and Graphics has been helping professionals with all their image, logo, and design needs. Perhaps you're looking for signs and banners, truck and trailer lettering, business cards, brochures, or other image and marketing aids, Vital Signs and Graphics in-house design studio has you covered. From logos to apparel, start to finish, Vital Signs and Graphics has everything you need to look and feel professional. Call Rick at 231-652-3300. He'll get you noticed. All right, so that's a video from Vital Signs. Yeah, give Rick a call at 231-652-3300 and tell him that you heard about him or saw him on Focused on Forward. And he'll get you taken care of, get you what you need. So at this time, let's bring in our guest. This is, everyone, this is Sean Dustin. Welcome, Sean. Hey, what's up, Tim? Hold on. Ah, yikes. <laughs> I'm trying to get a different set of headphones. I got some things I got to do afterwards. I'm not trying to mess my hair up. It's like I got <laughs> to do some video recording a little bit later. So I'm trying to make it make it last. <laughs> yeah, no worries, man. No worries. So uh, everyone, this is Sean Dustin. And, and like I said in, in the pre-introduction, so one of the cool things about Sean is that, like I said, he's got a podcast that's very similar to mine and, and what we talk about and, and the things that we cover. His show is called Nowhere to Go But Up, and he is, in fact, the winner of the Best Mental Health Podcast Award on the Scene Snobs Network. Uh, he won the snobby for that. Um, I was only mostly jealous, and but <laughs> <laughs> I got over it, though. We're good. So uh, as we're going, if you have any questions or comments for, for Sean, please feel free to enter those into the comment section of uh, wherever you're watching on Facebook, whether you're watching on the uh, um, Scene Snobs channel, you're watching on the Focused on Forward channel, or if you're watching on my personal channel, you do need to allow StreamYard 
uh, permission to be able to comment with your name and likeness. Otherwise, you show up as the awesome and wonderful Facebook user. Although we don't mind Facebook user, it sure is nice to be able to put a name to the comment. So uh, you won't have to do that on YouTube or Twitch. Those those two are already self, self-loading self with that. So again, Sean, welcome. Thank yeah, you for being and, here. Yeah, well, thanks for inviting me, man. I really appreciate it. And you know, congratulations to you too. I mean, you, you have a great show and, uh, you know, well, you, you. you deserve to be up there just as, you know, everybody else did too. And, you know, it could have been you as well. I mean, you know, I, well, I appreciate it. It was, uh, it was a surprise to me. Well, you know, the thing is, is that, um, there was, there was good competition. There was, there were good shows in that, in that category. And I remember when, when the, um, the categories were announced and, and the uh, the shows were announced inside those categories. I told my wife, I said, you know, I could I could lose to any one of those shows and be just as happy. Yeah. Uh, you know, I wouldn't. There wasn't one that I was I saw in there go really that guy he's on there. <laughs> <laughs> What's he doing there? Exactly. So yeah, that never came up. So I was pretty happy about that. So, uh, but hey, let's uh, let's dive into your story, man. Let's let's talk about uh, Sean Dustin and everything that 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 was and is and how we got here how long we got no i'm just kidding um yeah well you know it uh it's a story that's for sure um you know i grew up in an abusive household um you know my father was a alcoholic and a police officer i heard that there was you know uh physical violence in the house i never saw any of it but i i did you know witness a lot of yelling and a lot of uh using me back and forth to get back at each other. You know how that, that thing mm -hmm. goes when, when parents get divorced and there's children involved and, and all that, uh, you know, hard stuff. So, you know, that happened and that was probably the first like traumatic thing that I went through. And, and, you know, I've, I've racked my brains trying to think of like, you know, what could, could there have been something else, you know, because to me that doesn't seem like a, like a huge deal but apparently it was and uh and that you know i kind of uh you know sort of spiraled from that you know i was an angry kid um i was a bully uh until i got beat up by the bully by or by somebody else and then that mm -hmm. that that stopped um but you know it didn't uh change the fact that i was still angry got kicked out of a bunch of schools when i was uh uh younger you know i got kicked out of preschool got kicked out of um three, no, no, four different junior high schools, uh, ended up, uh, graduating from a juvenile courts and community schools, uh, when I was at a 18 or 16 month drug rehabilitation, uh, program as a youth, um, got sent there because my mom, you know, declared me incorrigible. I started using methamphetamine at, uh, 16 years old. It wasn't called meth then it was called crank. Um, okay. the, the old school, uh, biker dope, but you know, now it's what they refer to as methamphetamine. Okay. And, uh, so, I mean, yeah, that was, uh, I had an 18 year relationship with that drug off and on. And every time I, every time I did it, it ended up in the same, same, same situation. Uh, either me in trouble in jail 
or, um, you know, homeless, well, not homeless, but I mean, almost losing everything. Okay. I think in this, uh, in, in this whole journey from the time I was 16 till I would say 2010, um, I had, uh, gone to prison, been to 18 different institutions, uh, rehabs included three of those, uh, did some violations after I got out of prison. What else? Uh, almost died five times. Um, started from zero three times. What what else can I throw in there? Uh, <laughs> you know, it, it, it just seemed like this, this never ending ride of, of, you know, when I think about it, sometimes I, I feel like, like I was possessed that whole time. You know, like there was something that was controlling me and, and, you know, did, and I, I can't put my finger on it. And, you know, just as, as that happened, it, it went away just like that too. And, you know, all of a sudden stuff just became, became clear and, you know, I don't want to do this anymore. But, uh, in that process, right. I lost, uh, my daughter, I lost the rights to her, my, um, ex, had my rights terminated, um, after an incident where, um, I ended up costing her $18,000, $20,000 when I wrecked her, her vehicle that she let her insurance lapse on and wrapped it around a telephone pole. Oh my. Or a light pole. Sure. Sure. Which was a lot better than what did, did, you know, for me, because if I would have went a little bit more to the left or to the right, I would have went straight through a liquor store, which would have cost me a whole bunch of money. Right. Right. Me, not her. <laughs> So, I mean, you know, I was just, just not a very good person, man. Um, I was mean, I was manipulative. I was narcissistic. Um, okay. I was very, 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 uh, just calculated. If you no longer had, if I no longer had use for you or can get something out of you, I threw you away just as fast as you came in my life. You were out of my life. And so people didn't have, I, I mean, I didn't value people. I valued you as to what you could do for me or what I could get from you. Right. And, uh, you know, that lasted for a long time and, you know, at, at its worst, I was, um, selling meth. I was employing, uh, and this was in Vegas. I was employing other meth, meth addicts, which the ones that, you know, slammed dope. Uh, and I was having them, I was paying them in drugs to go and do smash and grabs for me and do burglaries and stuff in people's homes. And on top of that, I was, uh, counterfeiting hundred dollar bills, uh, making checks, doing just about just learning credit card fraud and how to like navigate that whole, you know, th th thing. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, at some point. You know, I ended up uh, making a mistake. I think I got raided, and there's a whole long story that 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 goes along with that. But I ended up getting raided. Uh, they were I'd sold to an undercover five times. The guy that I was getting my stuff from ended up getting in trouble, and then put a confidential informant on me. I sold to an undercover five times. They were surveilling me for about a month before they actually um, came in and with flashbangs and concussion grenades and like literally like the SWAT oh, team wow. came in and blew the doors off and blew the windows out. Uh, 
I wasn't in the room that they concentrated all of that in because I was in the back room. Uh, I had my uh, TV on so loud that they just figured I was in there in the living room. And so, yeah, that was, uh, that was something. And, you know, they arrested me. Um, and I ended up getting out three days later on my own recognizance because I didn't have a criminal history. So, I mean, they went through all of that just to let me out three days later. Oh, wow. Yeah. Quick. Yeah. Well, then I was like, well, I'm not turning myself in. So you're going to have to catch me if you can at this point. And, you know, that's, that's what happened. So I was on the run for another three months, um, and ended up making a mistake. I went on a, um, on a crime spree down through, uh, I think Arizona Flagstaff, Arizona went down all the way into Amarillo, Texas doing something. I don't, not really going to talk about what it was, but no, that's fine. You don't have to, um, you know, I, I made a bunch of money and had a bunch of cash and I came back and, there was our roommate at the time because once we once they destroyed that place i went and got another place they didn't they didn't find any of the drugs or the cash in my uh in my house when they when they raided me so i was able to just pick up and move and and go and put the operation somewhere else and our roommate at the time she was hanging out with this guy and his name was steve and he was like a hang around for the hell's angels. So he was trying to earn his stripes. Oh, okay. And so she, I guess she had said, Oh yeah, they're, they're, you know, going to do something. So he thought we were just making a big drug run and coming back with a bunch of drugs, but whatever it was, he had one of these guys uh, waiting there for us. And I knew something was up because she never really cares about what we're doing. And she kept calling like every four hours on our way back as to, you know, Hey, when are you going to be back? When are you going to be back? And so I was like, there's something up. And so I went and I stashed all the money before I came home. And sure enough, you know, we started getting high and guy pulls out a gun and gets me and my girlfriend on the floor and, you know, tries to, uh, tries to basically, you know, get information as to what we were doing. Where did we go? You know, where's all the drugs at? And finally I just like, dude, you're pretty stupid if this is what you're trying to do, because you know, if you, if you were smart, you would, look over here. So, I mean, basically I was going misdirection, you know, look at this hand and forget about what's over here. Right. And he bought it. And all I wanted was just to get some time to get this guy out of the house. Right. Just get out of here. Mm -hmm. You can take whatever you want that I got here, but just get out. And so he did, he got a little bit of cash. He took a Cannondale mountain bike and, you know, a computer and, and something else. And, uh, two days later or a day later, whatever it was, um, I went and purchased a shotgun, uh, in the identity that I'd stolen and I was using. And two days, I think two or three days later after that, because there's a cooling off period, you can't just go and buy a shotgun and, and take it home that day. Um, I went and picked it up and I was doing something else that I, I shouldn't have been doing in a hotel room. And, uh, when I used a, the the identity and, and and ID that I was using was uh, a black person, the name and the, mm-hmm. the number and all that other stuff. So, but I just changed and put my picture on it and everything else. And so, in uh, in Vegas, when you go to get a weekly, right, they send all that information to uh, Metro and to make sure you're not a fugitive. And when they pulled it up, 
obviously I'm not a black guy. And so <laughs> they said, all right, well, your room will be ready in like three hours. And I'm like, well, I didn't put two and two together that it's like, well, you know, it's way past checkout. So you know, I don't know why I would take three hours and it's not very busy. So I, I was just concerned about going to pick up that gun. Right. Right. Cause I was going to kill the person. I mean, literally, that's why I got that gun. Cause I was going to kill this individual that, that, you know, basically, what would you call that? Like strong arm me in my own house? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I think so. You know, and so that was the plan. And I uh, went and picked it up, came back to get the room. They were waiting for me. And that was the last time I saw uh, daylight um, for about three years. Okay. So was it this trip to prison? I'm assuming is where you went. Mm -hmm. uh, so was it in prison that you said, okay, something's got to change. I got to do something different. Or was it after the point of prison? No, it was after prison because I did two. Uh, I got out, started doing okay, um, and then 2008 hit. I'd gotten into my union, which I'm in now, so I had my apprenticeship program. Uh, but 2008 hit, and you know, we stopped working. I was getting uh, the maximum amount on unemployment, mm -hmm. and so I mean, I was, I had money and I had time on my hands, and I found the the folks that, you know, I used to. I grew up in the area, so I knew where to find the drugs. And I did. And, um, I would say I got out in 2006 and I didn't, I did two violations. One was at a, at a 90 day men's treatment center. The other one was 90 days in a County facility. And so six weeks before I was going to turn myself in, uh, to do that last, that last stint, um, I was, I had gotten married and, I had went AWOL from my marriage for three months. Like it literally just disappeared, turned my oh, phone off, right. turned my phone off, went and I was doing credit card fraud and I was doing all this other stuff. I'd gotten arrested, um, you know, trying to pull a lick somewhere and uh, got caught and was lucky that uh, the state didn't press charges on me because I had, I was, you know, un under federal custody anyways. I was on supervised release doing all this stuff. Oh boy. Yeah. So, I mean, I literally, I didn't care. It's like, I mean, it's almost like I was just trying to, like, I don't even know, man. I, I was just imploding. And every time things would start going good, I would, you know, do something to screw it up or I would, you know, cause chaos or, or, or whatever. So anyways, I'm chasing my wife, my ex-wife now, but my wife at the time, I'm chasing her down the highway because I'm trying to convince her that things are going to be different. I promise. I, I won't do this anymore. I, I'm, I'm going to be done. It's it's over. I'm not going to do it. And she just wasn't buying it. And sure. so, and for me, you know, most of my relationships up to that point, I was a bully. I would, you know, I would do whatever I had to do to make you do what I needed you to do. Whether that was, you know, try to be aggressive, whether it was, you know, use your issues against you and beat you down, you know, verbally or emotionally, you know, I just wasn't a very nice person. And, you know, I was trying to do that and she wasn't buying it. And so we're, we're, we're flying down the highway. I'm in a high speed chase with her. We come up on traffic. She pulls over. I pull over behind her. Traffic's still going by us. Uh, I jump out. I'm screaming at her on the side of the highway. And all of a sudden, man, I just start, I just ball. I just, just start crying uncontrollably. It was at that point that I realized that all of my manipulations all of my BS, 
everything that I had done up to this point, none of it was working anymore. I wasn't getting the reaction or I wasn't getting what I wanted. And I was like, just sitting there and I could hear cars honking, get off your knees, you know, and just people just screaming stuff out the, out the windows were going by. And, uh, it was really surreal because I, I, at one point I felt like I was above myself looking at myself, just thinking like, how pathetic are you, man? You know, you're 37, you're 30 some odd years old. You've got nothing going for yourself. You're, you have no career. You have no retirement. You have nothing. Mm -hmm. And here you are trying to push somebody into, you know, doing what you want them to do. And they're, they're not buying it. So nothing you're doing is working right now. What are you going to do? And from that point on, that's where the change happened. Well, one of the changes, you know, cause there's been a few, but the okay. first, the first one where me stopping using meth was that point I went six weeks, you know, I had six weeks to turn myself in. I stopped using, I stopped smoking. Um, I went and I did my time. I came back, um, started, you know, doing things right. Started, uh, going to work. Um, you know, luckily didn't get kicked out of my union. Um, uh, started, you know, joined the rowing team, got on, you know, started getting really involved in the union as far as the business goes, like being a sergeant at arms, I got elected to that, got elected as a, uh, like I did that for two years, two years later, I was uh, elected as a, uh, on the executive board and then, uh, trustee as well. Okay. And this whole time I'm, I'm playing softball. I'm doing all these good things to try and, uh, you know, turn, turn things around and, what I didn't realize is, is that, yeah, just because the substances are gone, nothing inside has changed because mm -hmm. I've never worked on anything, never worked the 12 steps, always got to the fourth step and was like, well, I'm out of here. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, oh, you want to, you want to, you want me to get real about some stuff? You want me to talk about all the embarrassing things that, that I've done and all the shameful things that I've done in my life? Like, like bullying my, 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 you know, the women that I've been with and, you know, all of that, that stuff that's really shameful and, 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 you know, embarrassing losing my daughter and, and like how I tried to play it off as if, you know, oh, well, you know, she's better off without me anyways, you know, uh, at least I don't have to pay child support now. And, you know, that was all a front, man, because I was right. dying, I was dying inside literally. And, yeah. um, so yeah, I went and did that. Uh, everything started getting better. Um, but it, it wasn't, you know, it, I was still leveling up and doing the things that I was supposed to be doing, but in my relationship, you know, with my ex, my, my now, uh, three and a half year old daughter, um, her mom, I was still doing the same thing, still being abusive, still angry, uh, not dealing with anything. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm leveling up and doing really well, uh, in work and, you know, um, but here, here's the th Here's another thing too, though, is that my anger started getting really, really bad. Um, God, I was getting in fights, playing softball, got kicked out of softball for a year. That was the, the one thing that I loved to do, man. I loved being out there. I love playing. And, you know, it, my, I got myself kicked out of that. Uh, you know, when I got, uh, when I, here's one thing that, that really 
kind of put it in perspective for me is, uh, I was working for a company when I journeyed out, I was a journeyman for three months and the company that I'd worked for as an apprentice, uh, called me and said, Hey, you know, we've, you've been recommended to be a superintendent for this company by three people. And so I went and, and that doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. So a superintendent is basically a general foreman superintendent that, that, so I went from making, being an apprentice to, to the very top and got a truck and, you know, I was really proud of myself and everything else, but I was still trying to fight people, man, even at work. And I ended up getting myself fired from that job. Um, you know, and, and when, when you, when you, when you hurt yourself financially, or at least when I hurt myself financially, it's like, Whoa, okay. Well, ouch. That right. hurt. <laughs> right. Know? Right. And so I had no choice, but to like, take a look at my, my behavior and the turning point on the behavior, um, was when, so my daughter was about a year and a half and I was in a rage and I was screaming at my ex and she was behind me and I looked back and she was gone and it snapped me out of it. And I was like, Oh wow, where'd she go? And so I went looking for her and she was hiding in the furthest part of the house, curled up in a ball, crying, shaking. She was afraid of me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure that that had to be a, a a very sobering moment uh, because You know, and, you know, some of the things that I've that I've read about with, with folks that have gone through, you know, uh, some similar issues, whether especially with the, you talked about the 12 step earlier, you know, uh, you said you always kind of kind of, you know, walked out before before step four is that you have to be ready to do those steps. If you're not ready, it's not going to matter anyway. If you if you just kind of go through the motions and walk through it, I, you know, having not having gone through this myself, so you know, please, uh, you know, forgive my ignorance on the topic, but it almost seems to me like a blessing in disguise for you that you didn't do it until you were ready. Because I think that if you had have done it before you were ready to, to kind of step up to the plate, so to speak, mm. you know, I don't think that it would have mattered. I don't, I don't think it would have caught. Well, I mean, that's with anything. I mean, you know, you can't, you can't tell anybody anything. You know, they have to come to those conclusions on their own. A lot of people do. Right. And, you know, it, it was, you know, in that moment when I saw her, what went through my mind was, I wonder if that was me when my parents were fighting. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. And now back to Focused on Forward. And, and am I just continuing the cycle am i am i just am i am i affecting the next generation right you know what am i doing for her and how am i debilitating her because a lot of the times you know you you think you hear about women that they they date their fathers right Mm -hmm. have you heard that before oh yeah yeah and so if that's the case then i'm leaving an example of now, if she gets involved with somebody who's doing the same things that I'm doing to her mother, then she's just going to think, well, that's just normal. My, my parents did that, which is not normal. Right. And it's not okay. 
And from that point on, I was like, no, I'm, I, I need to stop this now. And I ended up leaving and it happened one more time. Uh, and that was it. And so basically, um, you know, I started the podcast and, you know, after I left and my, my goal was to, um, I don't know. I mean, I had a lot of different goals when I started the podcast and it, it, you know, most of it was, I wanted to tell my story because I felt like I had one to tell, but I also wanted to hear other people's stories too. And, you know, see where I related because, you know, getting through that was difficult for me. And I mean, it was literally a 10 year transformation. I mean, it started in, in 2010 and I mean, we're still here now. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm definitely, you know, not cured, <laughs> but I, but I don't, I don't do the same things that I used to do. You know, I, I mitigate problems before they happen. I talk about my issues. I speak about things openly on my podcasts and other podcasts. And, you know, hopefully I'm a, uh, an inspiration and an example to other men out there that are, um, you know, maybe struggling with the same sort of things, the same sort of anger issues and, you know, you know, being abusive and, you know, the one thing that I, that I did realize the more that I talked about it, the less power it had over me. Right. And I was able to move through it instead of going around things or going over them. Like I was used to doing the only way that you can get through anything is you got to go through it. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of, kind of where I'm at now. I mean, I skipped over some stuff. I mean, I, I went from a, a, a 18 year meth addiction to a, a seven year opiate addiction, uh, from getting injured, playing softball. Uh, but I was still able to function on that. But I think six months prior to me, um, starting the podcast, I was like, well, if you're going to be talking about being transparent and authentic and all this stuff you want to talk about in your podcast, how are you going to do that? If you're still taking pills and, you know, selling pills and doing all this other stuff. Right. And so I stopped, uh, and the way that I did that and I did it on my own. Um, I just weaned myself down by going half, 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 half until I was down to, cause I was taking about 10, uh, 10 Percocet. I was taking Percocets about 10 pills a day. Wow. Uh, and so I weaned down until I was taking about a quarter pill and then I transitioned into edible marijuana to ease the, uh, ease the, the withdrawal symptoms. Okay. And then that was it. All right. So moving forward past the point of, of, of the, some of the issues that you had, did you get counseling for any of those issues or, or, or were this all self-taught self healed issues? I use the podcast. Okay. So I used the podcast to basically do my four step. And so admitting to God and the rest of the world that all my shortcomings and, and, you know, things, my pains, my shames, my, my guilt, sure. um, you know, I, I kind of, you know, let my listeners or viewers or whoever, whatever you want to call them, be my, my, my witness to, you know, who I used to be. And when I'm struggling with something, when I was struggling with something and when I do still struggle with stuff, I'll bring somebody on that specializes in something. So I'll leverage oh, okay. the podcast to 
have somebody come on, whether it's a mental health counselor, whether it's somebody that specializes in self-sabotage or anger issues or whatever it is that I, I end up struggling with, uh, I have them come on and I'll talk about my own issues. Um, you know, I have, I, I actually, it's funny, I've uh, hooked up with a hypnotherapist and I, I'm trying to get her to do a live uh, putting me under live so you know we can work through some issues and you know i don't have a problem with people seeing an example of somebody working through their stuff okay cool you know yeah you know I, and i've said this many times on on the show here myself that this this for me has been the cheapest but most effective form of therapy that i've ever had um you know being able to talk to other people and and, and how they're how they're managing certain situations in life and what they do and how they're moving past it. And, you know, uh, many times you'll see me, uh, while people are, uh, <laughs> while people are talking, I'm like, Oh, that's a really good idea. I'm going to, you know, you'll see me start, <laughs> you'll see me reach over for a pen, you know, pad of paper or something. And, uh, you know, and because I think that every story has its, its own power and, and what somebody does and, and how they've, they've come to acknowledge where they're at and, and why they're there. So, you know, yeah, for sure. I could, I agree with you totally. All right. So with your story, looking back over everything that you've gone through, do you, how much do you feel that, that your home situation, your, your life situation as a young man played into how you moved forward? It played huge. Uh, cause I was a latchkey kid when I was in the third grade. So that first place that I got kicked out of as a, in preschool, um, landed me as a latchkey kid and taking myself to school and from home to school and back uh, in the third grade. And my mom used to work in uh, San Francisco and was, you know, gone quite a, quite a bit. Okay. And so like I was at home, you know, from the time, you know, I got home from school at three o'clock, two o'clock, whatever it ended up being until sometimes nine, 10 o'clock at night. And so, I mean, I had no supervision. I had no structure. I had no consequences. I mean, consequences I did have. Okay. You're going to put me on restriction. Who's going to enforce it? You know, you try right. to call, I'm just going to take, I took the phone off the hook and say, oh, I was talking on the phone, but I'd be out playing with my friends doing whatever I wanted. And so that just sort of transitioned all the way through, you know, into adulthood because there was my, my disdain for authority because what are you going to tell me what to do? Nobody tells me what to do. Right. You know, nobody has in the past and no one's going to start now. And so there was that, that, that authoritarian, um, you know, uh, my dislike for it. Okay. So with everything that you're, that you're dealing with now, and because somebody who, who's, um, used in the past, you know, that it's not that they, they flip a switch one day and they go, okay, I'm, I'm done. I'm healed. I'm cured. I'm never going to do that again. There's always going to be, you know, pulls and, and, and fights because it's an addiction and that's, that's why it's an addiction. What do you do on the days when you're, when there's a, a pull towards that for you? What, what helps you to kind of negate that? Well, when it comes to meth, I haven't had a pull towards that in a, in a long time. Well, you know what? That's a lie. Well, maybe not a lie, but that's not, that's not accurate. Not entirely um, accurate. Yeah. Sure. So there was one time and it was when I had the podcast and there was a, there was this prostitute that I was had friended on, uh, not for that reason. I just, 
I knew right, what right. She, I knew what she was doing, and I was trying to. I wanted to have a, a a prostitute on the show to talk about the funny funny incidents with you know some Johns, right? Uh, you know some okay. dates. You, know, you got some funny date stories, you know. Uh, but what it really was, and after I started really digging into why I was trying to to even get involved with this person, is I knew she was a meth addict. And I could oh, okay. see her blowing smoke. She wasn't, you couldn't, I knew what it was. And so as I got to know her a little bit better, yeah, she was a meth addict. And so I caught myself trying to have her come to my place to record. And it was, it was my mind trying to get me in a situation where nobody would know. And if she pulled out, if she pulled out any drugs, I would be like, sure, let's go. And nobody would know the difference. And I ended up, I caught myself before that happened. And I ended up just deleting her out of my, out of my phone. And that was the last time that was probably about, I would say maybe three years ago. Okay. So that's the closest it's ever been with the meth. Now I'm not your typical uh, recovering addict because okay. I do I do microdose THC daily, so I take about five milligrams of uh, edible. Um, uh, what do you want to call it? Like uh, infused uh, ghee butter with with uh, you know I don't do it anymore. I used to but when, before I went to work I would take it in the morning with my coffee and it doesn't get you high. It's just it's not even sure. enough to get you high, but it just gives you all the benefits still. And that worked for me pretty well. Um, and so now I just, I do it when I get home from work. But uh, yeah, that's, uh, I, I don't, I just don't put myself in situations where that might be bad for me. So like, I'll give you an example. Okay. Um, I'll still go to a bar every now and again and maybe have a drink just being social. But I know better than to be at that bar when it closes. Okay. Because what happens when bars close down? Oh, hey, let's go to my house. And then what usually happens in my house is drugs start flowing, getting passed around. Hey, you want to get some of this? You want to do that? And so I know that that's probably not the best place for me. Right. Because I don't know what I'm going to like. I have no idea what if it was in front of me, what I would do. I'd like to say no, that I wouldn't. But who knows? I mean, it could be mm -hmm. a bad day, could be a bad week. Right. You know, my, my inhibitions could be low and or high, whatever, whatever it is. Yeah. I know. Uh, I know what you mean. Yeah. So yeah. I just uh, mitigating is and, and, and knowing, knowing your triggers and knowing your weaknesses and trying to navigate away from them or not, or not land yourself in the middle of them. For me, that's what's been working. Okay. And I have more to lose now, you know, back in, back in those days, I didn't really have much to lose. So, I mean, you know, I would use that to my advantage all the time. It's like, well, I got nothing to lose anyway. So who cares? Right. You know, but now, I mean, I have my daughter, um, some of the good things that have happened because of, you know, my podcast and everything that that's been going on is that, uh, I recently just connected with the daughter that I lost the rights to. Oh, that's awesome. You know, we talked on the phone last night for the first time. We've been texting for about two or three months 
and I finally got to speak to her on the phone last night. And that was amazing, man. Congratulations. That's awesome. That's awesome. So that's, that's uh, Thanks, very man. cool. Very cool step in, in the right direction. I hope that uh, continues to work out for you. Yeah, me too. It's, uh, it's, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I feel, I feel really, really, really um, blessed to be able to like make that situation right. And by having had a daughter um, and, and been with my, my three-year-old, my three-and-a-half-year-old, it really showed me how important that relationship is between mm-hmm. father and daughter. Yeah. And so, like, I know what she's missed, what she missed out on. And I, I feel so bad about it, you know. And there's not much I can do about it except trying to try to, you know, do the best that I can going forward and, right. you know. Um, just letting her know and keep letting her know, like, Hey man, I'm here for you. And you know, don't worry, I'm not going anywhere. Well, you know, it's like you said, you can't undo the past. You can't undo what's done, but what you can do, uh, and sorry to plug the show name here, but you can focus on forward Mm -hmm. and you, you know, and and you move forward with it. So let's, let's, uh, talk a little bit though, about, about your podcast, about nowhere to go, but up. So first off, where did the name come from? And let's talk a little bit about about uh, your show and and what you do on there and and uh, why it's so cool and how you got to beat me out on uh, for <laughs> podcaster of the year. <laughs> so the name is, is what it, it basically is is what my life was. I mean, you know, from starting in zero at three times and and all the stuff that I've been through, I felt that that was the most appropriate name to give it. You know, because so many times I've always felt like I got nowhere to go but up. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. and so that's where it came from. And it started okay. out as a bottoms and life struggles and how my guests got through it. Um, it morphed into that plus, um, you know, justice impacted stories, comeback stories. Um, I talk a lot about mental health. I talk to a lot of people that have gone through um, some really rough things. And I give them the space to, to tell their stories. And, you know, as I identify with certain things, I'll chime in. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, th- it was really for the first time I ever came out about my own abusive behavior is when uh, I, in- I interviewed somebody who was a domestic ab- abuse survivor. And I just felt compelled to, I don't even know why, man. I just, I just felt bad because I'd engaged in those kind of behaviors myself. Okay. And to hear to hear how this person felt and you know maybe maybe it wasn't as bad as as you know what I did wasn't as bad but it's still I mean it doesn't matter. Abuse is abuse. I mean right. whether whether you're you're beating somebody up or or you know verbally or or physically. I mean it's all the same. It's all bad. Right. You know. And uh yeah. And so, I mean, it's just it, a lot of those stories. And then, uh, you know, I got into um, things that I'm interested in. Uh, and it's just kind of it's kind of taken on a life of its own. There's 132 episodes. There's literally something in there from every for everybody. I've got actors. I've got, you know, if I see a good documentary, I'll I'll reach out to the uh, to the producer or you know whoever did the documentary and try to get mm-hmm. them on. Um you know, there's been, there's been a lot of different, uh, things that I've, I've gotten because of it. This podcast has opened up so many doors for me. Yeah. Um, 
I've started a nonprofit organization because of it. Yeah, well, I wanted to talk to you about that for just a moment. Why don't you, since you were mentioning here, why don't you bring that up and let's uh, tell everybody about it. So I decided that I wanted to make a difference in, in my population of people, the formerly incarcerated uh, folks in my area and my community. And after doing, you know, market research and figuring out what the need in, in this particular area was, it was for uh, transitional age youth males, 18 to 24 year olds coming out of incarceration and uh, reentering the community. And what I wanted to do was build a living facility um, that basically was about a year to a year and a half program that kind of ran them through all kinds of different things and, and you know, taught them how to be able to transition from, you know, youth to adulthood and kind of shed that, uh, you know, that exterior, the, you know, the, the behaviors and all those things that, you know, were keeping them uh, sick in their own in their own way. And it was all because of how I got out, you know, I had a support system and I still struggled. Right. And, you know, what was it, what must it be like for some of these folks, some of these kids that are coming out and they're going right back to the same messed up situation, you know, that they, that they left, you know, so the, the cards are really stacked against them. And so I decided to do that and I did. And now it's a 501c3. I'm putting the board of directors together. I just onboarded a whole, you know, I've got eight. I need to put one more uh, and I have a lawyer. But everybody that's on my board of directors, except for two, have been formally incarcerated, including the okay. lawyer, including the lawyer. So, I mean, it's really, uh, you know, a testament to most of the people that I've, I have on my board are people that I've, I've interviewed on my podcast. Oh, okay. And so, I mean, just through hearing their stories and making connections with people and, you know, all of that stuff, I was able to put together something really cool. Excellent. And I'm hoping that, uh, you know, it's called the nowhere to go, but up project. And there is a tab on my, uh, on my, uh, my website. It's not complete yet, but it's still being, it's still being built. Uh, that will have all the information for that. And at some point it's going to have its own website, but for now, until we get to that point, you know, cause we haven't sure. even started bringing money in or, or done grants or anything else. We're having the first meeting actually next month on the 17th with all the, the board members and kind of onboarding everybody and be like, all right, so here we are, you know, here, here's the team. What are we going to do? And next. Yep. <laughs> okay. Well, that's cool, man. Um, yeah, I'll make sure that when we post, uh, you know, obviously this is going to go live on for the replays, uh, will be on YouTube. Uh, I'll make sure that we put a link to your podcast in the description so that people can hopefully go out and take a look at, of course, I want them to see your podcast, but I also want them to see this project as well. Cause I really do think it's a super cool project. And, uh, I think it's so neat that, that this is something that you've been working on. Um, but let's talk a little bit more about your podcast as well. So you said that you have 132 episodes out there. Mm -hmm. uh, what do you think has been your most unique episode? And I ask that because with 132 episodes, I, you know, because I can tell you that with, with mine, there's one or two that I go, yeah, this is this one was the most unique. This one steps stands out to me. I'm not saying it's the best or it's your favorite, um, you know. But is there one that when somebody asks you about your show, well, what what's your show about or what do you do? Do you is there one that you go, well 
this might be the one that that might catch attention. Somebody asked me that same question the other night. They go, "I want to listen to your podcast. What is what's your favorite episode?" I couldn't answer it, and I I haven't answered it because I I I have no idea. I don't. They all have a unique place. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, they're, they're all like my children. <laughs> you know what right. I mean? It's like, Oh, I do. Like, how do you, how do you like, I, I like all of them. I think each one of them has something, um, very, 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 uh, uh, unique about them. But if, I guess if I had to pick one, I would say it would be number 83. And that is with a guy by the name of David DeRocher. And he okay. runs a, um, he runs a therapeutic community up in Utah, which I went and traveled to after I interviewed him, but I found him on a, uh, a Ted talk and I made okay. contact with him like 40 minutes after I saw this talk. I mean, he moved me so much by listening to him that I literally searched for him, found him and had made contact with him within 40 minutes. Oh, that's set cool. up, yeah. Set up the podcast date, uh, did it. Uh, and he invited me up to, uh, up to Utah to go tour his facility. And this is because I was getting ready to do my own, right. Cause I'd already had the nonprofit and all that stuff was getting ready to, to be done. And, uh, I wanted to go and see what, how he was running his facility, because I really think that therapeutic communities are the way to go, you know, okay. peers, peer driven, um, support, you know, not professionals, no professionals work there whatsoever. It's all peers. Oh, wow. Okay. Informally incarcerated people and folks that have gone through the program and successfully and wanted to stay on and, and continue to help. Oh, wow. And so that was probably the, the, the one, cause he, he, he is an influencer and he influenced me to want to, to want to do better and to want to help my community and to make a change in that way. That's cool. I think for me, because I've been asked the same question, and that's why I ask other podcasters, because I'm like, well, if I had to be on the hot seat, somebody else has to, too. Um, but, uh, <laughs> you know, for, for me, it's uh, I got an opportunity to talk to uh, Nancy Sovereign. Uh, Nancy runs a, um, a charity here in Michigan called Wish Upon a Teen. Hmm. And they were an awesome, awesome group to deal with while my daughter was in the hospital. And... Um, and so I try to do whatever I can to try and shine a light back on Wish Upon a Teen. And, and you know, even something as simple and small as, uh, you know, uh, making an Amazon Smile donation, which I bought a few more things tonight, Nancy. So if you're watching, uh, you get another donation uh, from Amazon Smile for my purchases. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, you know, I chose them as my favorite charity. And, then, and so every time I buy something from Amazon, just even something as small as that gets money over to Wish Upon a Teen so they can keep helping sick kids. Um but yeah, so for me, that was a really big deal for me to be able to interview her and talk with her and 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 just to be able to say thank you for for what she did for my family while my daughter was in the hospital was was for me a very major and massive thing. Um, but we do have a question here from Andrew. Uh, Andrew Lilly asks, he wants to know how long in total you were locked up. So I did a fifteen to sixty month sentence in the state of Nevada, uh, paroled out. 
after 18 months. And then I paroled right into my federal uh, sentence, which was another 18 months. So probably about a total of three years. I would say all together, if you were to take all of the times that I gave my, my, uh, my freedom away, uh, it would probably be about five years in total. Okay. All right. Fair enough. All right, Andrew, there's, there's your answer, sir. Um, all right. So we've got about, uh, we've got about eight minutes left here. So I have two questions that I like to ask every guest. Okay. Okay. So the first one is looking back over the, the entirety of your journey. What's the single greatest uh, lesson that you have learned? It's hmm. a tough question. I try. I would say, I would say the single most greatest thing that I learned was how to forgive myself. Okay. Because I, all the things that I caused and all of the pain that I caused, you know, a lot of that kept me sick for a long time because I just, you know, I, I just let it, allowed it to consume me. And it wasn't until I, I forgave myself and, you know, uh, that I was able to move through it. Okay. Cool. All right. Second question, very similar to the first, looking back over your journey, what was the single greatest piece of advice that you used or you received and that you still use? Mm. And if, and if only, there's not, oh, go, go ahead. No, you can only keep what you have by giving it away. Okay. So meaning is that don't go into things looking for what's in it for me. Go into things and truly try to provide value and um, to, to, to insight or help or, you know, whatever it is for somebody else. And if you're supposed to get something out of it, you will. And it may not be from that person. It may not even be from that situation. Right. You know, it could come, it could come, you know, five months down the road from somewhere completely even different, not even related to anything that you did, you know? So, you know, it's really important to, if you're going to do something and you really truly are trying to help people, then help people. Don't worry about what's in it for you. Cause if you're worried about what's in it for you, you're not there for the right reason. No, you already started off on the wrong foot for sure. Yeah. For sure. Okay, cool. All right. So let's uh, make sure everybody knows where they can find your podcast and more information about Sean Dustin. So this is probably one of the first ones that I've been able to plug this, uh, this uh, website because I've been doing this for two years and I just now got a website. Shout out to uh, Maria Daniels and Reset Business Consulting. Uh, she's Maria the one who is awesome. Oh yeah, she's she's amazing, man. I love Maria. She's um, so cool. And so yeah, you can find me at nowhere to go but up pod.com. 
that should have all my social media links and, and everything there. Uh, there's a link tree that has a bunch of stuff that haven't made it over to the website yet. So the link tree is L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E forward slash nowhere to go but up. And that'll have like all the different ways to connect to the show, merchandise, um, you know, support, you know, all those, all those nifty things that us podcasters uh, put together to try to, to, to make our dreams come true. Awesome. All right. Very cool. And uh, just to kind of whet the appetite of, of our listeners here, what are some of the topics that you have coming up that they could look forward to, to hearing on nowhere to go, but up? So Monday, I have one that's really up. Well, because I do a live stream as well. So Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays are the days that I, I do live stream. So depending on if somebody books in those time slots, um, you know, and you'll find all that information usually on just like like Tim here. I use StreamYard, so you'll find it on YouTube, on you know Facebook. But Monday, I'm having a guy who's uh, he has a a business called the hate street shroom shop. And so I'm really interested in, uh, you know, therapeutics with psilocybin and, but also other, other mushrooms too, cause he's a mycologist. And so okay. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm interested in all the different like lion's mane, chaga, cordyceps, all the different kind of mushrooms and what their functions and uses are. Cause they all have like, they all, deal with a separate thing right right you take you take lion's mane for brain uh you know cognitive uh function you know all they all have different uses so i think that's going to be a really interesting one plus he's been really uh active on senate bill 519 in california which is the decriminalization of psychedelics okay and that, that's on the senate floor and about to be voted on here shortly so I'm going to get a lot more information on that. And, uh, and then also too, like I had some, when I went back to work, I had to uh, cancel like five interviews this week that I had lined up. And so I got to really get to, uh, um, I got to reschedule those. And so the, some, some women that have been to federal prison are coming up uh, a bunch of other things. I had a doctor, um, that was going to come on and talk about, uh, you know, some of the stuff that's going on right now, uh, in another topic. <laughs> okay, cool. All right. Well, Hey guys. Yeah. Make sure you guys get over to nowhere to go, but up podcast. You can find it on all your favorite audio podcast, uh, providers. Uh, that's where, you know, I, I think I follow you on, uh, or subscribe to you rather on, um, Apple cause that's my primary. So I'm pretty sure that's where I've, I've subbed to you on. Um, it's either that or Google podcast, one of the two, cause I use both of them. Um, but, uh, yes, yeah, so you guys can of course follow him on your audio podcast, go to his website again. What is it, Sean? Uh, it's nowhere to go, but up pod.com. And the very first thing that comes up there is, is Apple. So if you're an Apple user, it's bam right there. It's got all my, the iTunes, uh, perfect thing. All right. So yeah, so make sure you guys go to his website, check that out. And uh, yeah, Sean, hey, thank you for being a guest tonight on Focused on Forward. And, and thank you for allowing us to be part of your story. I appreciate it, man. Thank you, Tim. And I'm glad we were able to do this. And, uh, you know, thanks for giving me the space and the opportunity to share my experience. Well, thank you for being so open with it. All right, guys, that's going to conclude us tonight for Focused on Forward. Well, that concludes another episode of Focused on Forward. To be a guest of Focused on Forward, you can reach us through Twitter at podcastfof, 
through our Facebook page named Focused On Forward or through email focusedonforward at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing each and every one of your stories that has yet to be told. So until then, be safe, be kind, and be loving to one another as you stay focused on forward.